Hi, everyone. This is Cult and Crime Podcast, or is it? <laughs> Not much of a podcast right now. Nope. We are doing our very first live broadcast with Vocal. So big thanks to Vocal for having us. We hope we have a good time and you guys enjoy it. And maybe we'll be back. Yeah, we are super excited about this. You know, the only problem is now you have to see our faces when we talk. <laughs> I know, and that's the problem. So for those of you that don't know about us, we're Cult and Crime. We're a true crime podcast that features cult, crime, and everything in between. That's the tagline. <laughs> so what we usually do is we switch between cults and we switch between crimes. We do alternating days. Yes. And where can you find us, Jamie? You can find us on Instagram at Cults and Crime Pod, or you guys can always email us. We have a link tree on our Instagram that makes it really easy to see all the different sites we're on. We are on Spotify. We're on Apple Play. We're on Google Play. We are on all major things. If you guys know any, want to know anything specifics, what we're on, we do have a website you can go to. But I highly just checking us out on Anchor because that is the platform that hosts us. Yes, exactly. Um, so the easiest way for you to find us is through our Instagram as well, though. So it's at Cults and Crime Pod, and then we also have a Patreon page, and it's Patreon slash Cults and Crime. So without further ado, I'm sure you're not here to listen to us do tags. I'm sure you want us to talk about some Cults and Crime. This is the true crime day. Yes, exactly. We're so excited. By the way, <laughs> so like, what a great idea. I am so into true crime day. AKA Me every too. day. Every, yeah. Especially with this quarantine. Oh, every okay. day. Okay, Nicole. So what are we covering today? So we're going to be talking a little bit about the Zodiac Killer. So the Zodiac Killer is somebody that I actually covered on our podcast. So if you want to go into more detail about who he is, if you don't already know, I would definitely recommend checking out that episode under the Zodiac Killer. But just for anybody that doesn't know who the Zodiac Killer is, he so it's a pseudonym for an unidentified American serial killer. So the thing that was so interesting about him is that nobody, we still don't know who he is. And he murdered several people, confirmed, and is expected to have killed numerous others. And the way that he went about it was he had these ciphers and he actually sent them out to the police. And he would always tell them that that's how you'd find me is through these ciphers. And nobody could figure it out. We had code crackers, we had doctors, scientists, lawyers, let's just say the smartest of America working on this. And the people that actually uncovered the cipher and figured it out were two school teachers that love to solve crossword puzzles. Hey, a puzzle's a puzzle. But yeah, so the Zodiac Killer is still somebody that we don't know who he is till this day. And in my podcast, we speculated about who it could be. And I really only talked about one person. So I thought for today, it'd be a good idea to go through the large list of other suspects. Okay. And also, guys, there's a really good reason why this is Nicole's favorite serial killer. That's something that's okay to say. Nicole, why is this your favorite all-time serial killer? Well, one of them is because our mother is obsessed with this because it's in our hometown or around our hometown. This is something that my mom was alive for. And she actually, I can see your cat in the background, Jamie. <laughs> but this is something true that- crime too. Crew, True crime and cats. But this is something that our mom actually was, got hauled off school bus by police because the Zeta killer threatened to shoot out kids. This is something that happened near our home and happened to our mom. And she remembered being alive during the time of fear of the Zodiac killer when he was still an active serial killer. So we grew up hearing about him 
all the time. Mm -hmm. And you know that you can go to our town. We actually every town in Solano County has their very own Zodiac Shack. Also, Yolo where, County. Yeah, as, you're right. As well, Yolo County, where there's a suspected Zodiac Shack where he would take his murder victims. Which is absurd because he didn't kidnap any of his victims, right? <laughs> um, no, he didn't actually kidnap anybody. Not for a prolonged period of time. Yeah. So. The fun thing to do when you're younger is to go places you're not supposed to go and do things you're not supposed to do. So all of us kids would always go to these so-called shacks and we would do like a like a fear test where we would be like, oh, we'll <laughs> stay in there for more than five minutes. If you can stay in there for more than five minutes, then you don't have any fear. And that's the cool thing. And that's <laughs> and what that I remember so about true. the Dreadnought Killer is like this just bogeyman aspect that we grew up with. Yeah, and that's completely true. I was raised on true crime. Our mom is like the biggest CSI nerd there is and is also super afraid of the outside world. Oh, she yeah. taught us everything we need to know about true crime and keeping ourselves safe. But then also helped us get really, really, really into true crime, probably a little too into true crime. Yes, proudly have not been murdered yet. Thanks, mom. <laughs> so enough right. about us and just general information, Nicole, who are our suspects? And then, so I'm going to go down in the list and I'll talk about the, I'll give you the name of the person. And then to go any further, I will actually discuss a little bit about them as well. So our very first person is going to be Lawrence Kane. And let's see if you can get that oh, Perfect, Jamie. Awesome. So that's Lawrence Kane, our first suspect of the Zodiac Killer. So the reason I think he could potentially be the Zodiac Killer is, um, so he was always really linked with the disappearance of a woman named Donna Lass. So Donna Lass was last seen by her nurses stationed in the Sahara Tahoe Hotel and Casino on September 6, 1970 at approximately 1.50 a.m. So it was claimed by a former detective named Harvey Hines that Kate worked in the same building. So he was connected to her. And he became convinced of Kane's guilt with respect to the Zodiac murders and a no comparison between the Bay Area letters and Lawrence Kane's own handwriting, as well as a whole host of other circumstantial evidence that he has compiled throughout the years. So basically, this detective became obsessed with this man and obsessed with the idea that he was the Zodiac killer. So he believed Kane was instrumental in the alleged abduction of Kathleen Jones, who had her car disabled by an unknown assailant on March 22, 1970. So before that, before they'd been driving around the outskirts of Tracy, California, under dress for approximately two hours. Until she eventually managed to escape with her infant daughter across a field. Kathleen Jones stated in Robert Graysmith's book, I couldn't handle it anymore. So I decided the next, th the next time he came to one of those Hollywood stops, you know, not a complete stop. Oh, California stop. Yeah, but she called it Hollywood stop. Something that Nicole is intimately familiar with, but continue. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> so that he made the different stops, I was going to jump out. Suddenly, the car came to a halt. The man had inadvertently driven up a freeway off-ramp. She later did identify her attacker as the same man portrayed in the composite sketch from the Presidio Heights murder of Paul Stein in October 11, 1960. This sketch, by the way, had hung on the wall of the police station in Patterson, a city in San Luis County, California. So for those who don't know who Paul Stein is, Paul Stein is one of the, he's one of the last confirmed Zodiac murder victims. Paul Stein was the cab driver in San Francisco. 
And there was actually reports by a certain police officer that had stated that he had this man walk right by him. And it was, like, he believes in his heart that that was the Zodiac killer. But to go further into Lawrence Kane, uh, in 1992, according to Harvey Hines, the detective, Kathleen Jones claimed her assailant that night was none other than Lawrence Kane. She had chosen his photo out of a lineup of six other photographs. Paul Huckley, the sister of Darlene Farron, who had tragically died at Blue Rock Springs Park in the early hours of July 5th, 1969, had also stated that Lawrence Kane had been trailing her sister in the run-up to the fateful night. Five days after the brutal attack of Michael Meg and Darlene Farron, Kane would trade in his vehicle for a 1969 Ambassador, which is speculated to be that same vehicle that rolled up alongside Darlene Farron that killed her. So before all these events occurred, Kane did suffer a huge brain injury to his left temporal, or excuse me, his left front lobe in 1962 after a serious car crash in San Mateo, California. Doctors diagnosed him to have an inability to control his urges. For, um, his, so inability to control his urges for self-gratification and was subsequently arrested several times as a quote-unquote peeping Tom in the preceding months to first confirm Zodiac attack on Betty Lou Johnson and David Farday on December 20th, 1968. And this all happened in an isolated little turnout Lake Herman Road in Venetia. So three years after his brain injury in 1965, his prognosis for the term of for rehabilitation was basically zero. They, he, had face, he had partial face paralysis, so he was unable to move the left side of his face and so he believed that he had rudimentary knowledge of clothing as well. So one of the big things that they speculate with the Zodiac murder is that he was in the military. And Lawrence King was. So he was in the United States Naval Reserves for 1942. So it's speculated that he would have some rudimentary knowledge in the Zodiac Killer as far as coding. So a retired police detective investigating the case in uh, 1980 did claim that Kane's name was embedded in one of the Zodiac ciphers. And a San Francisco police officer, you probably saw the Zodiac moments after Stein's murder, like I had already stated, had had Kane's photos and said it looked just like the man that walked by him. And then, so this is also a little more speculation, but it's also speculated according to a source that he purchased a high-end Zodiac seafoam watch and he was a naval man and the model's name has caught his eye. The Zodiac brand logo is almost identical to the symbol used by the serial killer in the letters and the name became associated with the crimes, which I don't think that really says, you know, that doesn't necessarily say whether or not he's a killer or murderer, but it does seem a little coincidental, don't you think, Jamie? Yeah, that's like it's really circumstantial evidence because how many thousands upon thousands of those watches were sold in that area during that time, especially those with that logo. Like, so when you go to use evidence like that in a trial, what you do is you exclude things. So you're like, okay, they made a million of these watches. They sold a thousand in this area. They sold a thousand in this area that looked like this. And then we start, then you start going through that list and knocking off suspects. But that's like only if you 100% know that watch is involved. But yeah, it's it's really circumstantial. I can see that being something that you'd tell a jury, but them hopefully not putting too much stock in it. Yeah, I think it kind of just, it doesn't put a nail in the coffin, but it definitely like puts a little glue around the rim if it makes any sense. It's this, 
It's the salt on the rim of the margarita that is this guy possibility being the Zodiac Killer. Exactly. So, and even his first murder victim or the first person that they insinuate would be his first murder victim that died at the Sahara Hotel and Casino. She's not even really confirmed case of the Zodiac Killer either. It's more speculation that she was one of the first victims. And that's all. Well, that's really what ties into this case because he worked with her. He already worked at least in the same building. So he knew who she was. So, you know, just letting speculation follow, follow. If he was one of the first victims, then he could have portrayed the rest as well. If that makes any sense. It does. Like, what links her to the rest of the victims? Is it just like victimology, her age, the location she was found? It's victimology because this actually happened in Tahoe, which we know is like a two hour drive from us, which isn't a huge deal, but it's definitely not where the, all the other victims were. Or oh, all the yeah. confirmed Zodiac killer victims were. Yeah, that's quite out of the way considering everything else is what, 30 minutes away from Lake Berryessa, maybe 40? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, cause we're thinking about Benicia and we're thinking about Vallejo and then we're thinking about Lake Berryessa. Those are three places that you can get to within 30 minutes of each other. And then to go all the way to Tahoe after that is a little bit of a stretch. But, you know, you can't rule him out either. Yeah, you know, so stranger very... things have happened. Maybe he was on vacation and the urge overtook him and he felt the need to commit a murder. Who knows? Yeah, or maybe he lived there and he moved. Like, you know, you just don't know. So, but moving on to my next suspect. So this is someone I talked in great detail about in our podcast episode on the Zodiac Killer. This is Ross Sullivan, and I will go very briefly into why I think he's a suspect, only because I did cover it in such detail on the podcast. And again, I cannot stress this enough. If you want to hear more about the Zodiac Killer, his victims, a lot of things that we know just from being in this area, I highly recommend going on to the episode about the Zodiac Killer on our podcast at Cults and Crime. But so the reason why Zodiac or Ross Sullivan is suspected of being the Zodiac Killer is, well, there's a, quite a bit. So in, 1960, in 1966, there was a murder of a woman named Sherry Jo Bates in Riverside, California. And this is down south. Who, but the murder itself had bore a lot of similarities to the Zodiac killing. Staffers at the Riverside City College Library had said that Ralph Sullivan was odd. <laughs> So the, city, so the City College Library was near where Bates' body was found. And um, it was said by a, jo- a co-worker that jo- Ross Sullivan had made them uncomfortable and would disappear for several days after the murder. Sullivan also sported a uh, crew cut and glasses similar to the composite sketch of the Zodiac Killer, which Jamie has a really nice picture of the comparison. I, I'm looking at that and I'm looking at those glasses. I'm like, those are the exact same glasses. But to be fair, my glasses look exactly like that. And for the time, those glasses are very common. So I wouldn't, I, I have a hard time putting a lot of stock into the, just the photo. Cause once I start doing a lot of, you know, once I did more research into it, it's, those are well, really common glasses. Look at his ears, like his ear shape, the glass, like the glasses, the ear shape, the hair, his lips, his lips. You know, this isn't a good example for his nose, but maybe even his nose. Yeah, it's quite possible. Um, so, he had moved to Northern California in 1976 and then was hospitalized for, um, he was hospitalized several times for bipolar disorder and schizophrenia. Which by the way, guys, having either of those diseases does not make you a murderer. It doesn't make, your, make you more likely to commit a crime. If anything, it makes you more likely to be a victim of a crime. 
Yeah, but you know, I, I guess it's one of those things that just, I think that's probably why his coworkers saw him as odd and made them feel uncomfortable. It's because he didn't have the norm. He wasn't the norm. Oh, but, yeah. um, so, and then I'll go into a little more detail too about why he could possibly be the suspect. Um, so he was typically where he typically wore an army jacket and a military style boot. And this boot itself is the exact same boot print that you would find on the left at the uh, Berryessa stabbing area. So there was a there one of his last confirmed victims was in Lake Berryessa, like we had kind of talked about earlier. And this victim itself, there was a boot print found right next to an army boot, and he was known to wear those exact same type of army boot. And then, um, so the Zodiac buff also note that his letter mentioned the quote-unquote Miedo by Gilbert and Sullivan, which could be referenced to Sullivan's own name. But that's pretty much it. You know, there's a lot of circumstantial evidence when it comes to who the, motor, who the Zodiac could possibly be. And that's something you got to think about. 99.9% .9 of my evidence is all circumstantial. There's, we have DNA and some of these people got tested. Some of these people passed away before they could be tested. So we just don't know. Well, if it wasn't circumstantial, they would have found him by now. So my third suspect for the Zodiac Killer is gonna be Arthur Lee Allen. So I kind of see how he could be the Zodiac Killer. So one of the things is he was portrayed as the prime suspect in Robert Graysmith's book, one of which was the basis of the 2007 movie Zodiac, which I'm sure how a lot of people know who the Zodiac Killer is. So Alan was questioned by police in 1969 and again in 1971 after a friend had told authorities that Alan had talked about wanting to kill people and secure a flashlight to a firearm, which is exactly what the Zodiac Killer did in the Vallejo uh, shooting. So Alan also wore a Zodiac brand watch, owned the same caliber gun used in one of the Zodiac Killer's shootings and told police the bloody knives in his car were used to kill chickens. Do they DNA test any of those bloody knives? Do you want to take a while to guess? I'm going to guess no, but I hate it and I don't like that. <laughs> right. So he was less than honorably discharged from the Navy and been fired from his school teacher job amidst sexual misconduct allegations. He was also ambidextrous, which some theorists say that had helped him disguise his handwriting. You know what I find kind of weird? is that the Zodiac killings didn't necessarily have a sexual aspect to them. So I thought the same thing when I had read up on him, where him, you know, having some sexual misconduct allegations doesn't necessarily mean he's a Zodiac killer because he never raped or did anything sexual to any of his victims unless he got gratification out of murdering them themselves. Yeah, but even then you would see semen at the scene or even the notes would be in, in a more sexualized nature where you didn't see that in any of this. Yeah, and I totally agree with you on that one. Um, so police had also, police did investigate Allen against in 1991, after an informant facing armed robbery charges had said that Allen had boasted to him about killing a cab driver. So at that point, Michael Mogg, who had survived the Vallejo attack, identified a photo of Allen as the shooter. In 2007 movie, victim Darlene Farron's sister, Linda, also identified a photo of Alan as the man she said had stalked her sister as well. According to the film, police were closing in when Alan died. Um, 
and on September 27, 1969, the day of the Lake Barrios attack, he had claimed he had returned to Vallejo area and remained at home the rest of the day. During further investigation, however, on April or on August 4th, 1971, Detective Jack Smolax, along with Inspector Dave Toshi and Bill Armstrong, had headed to uh, the place that Arthur Lee Allen now worked at an oil refinery in Pinole, California. This place had been made famous for the office interview featured in the 2007 movie Zodiac, by the way. Um, he was once again questioned about his movements during the day on the Lake Berrios attack. Uh, recalling his prior interview with Sergeant John Lynch, claimed that he had made conversation with a serviceman and his wife that day. Furthermore, he claimed that he had spoken to an elderly neighbor named William White in Vallejo at approximately around four o'clock that afternoon, which would put him right at his house during the time the Zodiac killer was killing. <laughs> Yeah, that's not convenient for him. That's not convenient for his case to be the Zodiac Killer. A little less convenient for his case. This couldn't be corroborated because William White had died only a week after this alleged conversation. Oh, convenient. Well, not not for William White and his family, but, you know, for him. And this is when the investigators had seen the Zodiac watch on his hand. It had the cross circle logo, which is a typical Zodiac killer. That was his logo, a cross in a circle. So he had died only a week ago. So that's just, it just seems not fishy. like a good alibi. Yeah, a little fishy, right? Well, the best so, alibis are the one that can't be proven false, I guess. It's better than nothing, I guess. Um, so Alan appeared to eager to involve information, no matter that it was only seemed to draw suspicions towards himself, which makes me think he probably wasn't the Zodiac Killer, but I have several other reasons why I can rule him out. Okay. So the reason he's definitely ruled out is Alan seems like a good suspect, right? As long as you're only getting information from people who think he's guilty. Um, Alan didn't match any other witness descriptions on the Zodiac Killer. His his fingerprints didn't match what was found in Paul Stein's car, the cab driver. And his palm print didn't match one found in the Zodiac letter. His DNA doesn't match the partial DNA profile created in 2002 from saliva on an envelope that was believed to be from the Zodiac. And two searches of Alan's home found no incriminating evidence whatsoever. Police have samples of his right and left handwriting and neither match the Zodiac. And the 2000 movie contained many fictitious elements about the Zodiac. Police considered Mog's photo ID to be weak and the movie scene with Darlene's sister actually never occurred. And Alan died of a heart attack in 1992. But he doesn't fit the DNA. He doesn't fit the profile. He doesn't fit witness, what witnesses say he looks like. You know, look at those side-by-side pictures. Can you say that's the Zodiac Killer? I can't. No, the guy we were, we had earlier that was a colorized photo, that guy looked like him. Yeah. This guy, maybe the nose, but the ears are off. No glasses. I don't know. Maybe he was had glasses, but wasn't wearing them for this photo. Or maybe he wore him to be fake. Is partially balding. He looks like he weighs a good deal more than the picture than the like artist sketch of the Zodiac Killer, where yeah. he clearly has like indents, and also like he doesn't have any like wrinkles. The Zodiac Killer sketch has all these wrinkles all over his face, and that guy, nothing. Yeah, no, I totally agree. And again. He's not. He's not the killer. If you do any research at all, you're going to see that he's not the killer. His fingerprints don't match. His saliva sample doesn't match. Nothing matches. Um, it's just he kind of like wrong place, wrong time. Someone saw him, thought he was good for it, and never dropped it kind of thing. Oh, and he's definitely creepy. 
Yeah, he's definitely creepy, exactly. Which is probably the worst crime you could have when you're looking at the Zodiac Killer. Oh yeah, being semi near the case and just looking a little off, that's exactly what the worst thing you can do. Exactly. That's a lot for a lot of cases, like being creepy and being near a murder victim. Well, yeah, it's not even just being creepy, it's being creepy and being in the wrong place at the wrong time. It's and telling really people that you killed the cab driver. <laughs> telling people you killed a cab driver doesn't help because the Zodiac killed a cab driver. <laughs> he didn't do himself any favors. So that's what we're saying no. here. Yeah, he definitely didn't do himself any favors. So I guess we can start, keep moving on to my very next person by the name of Richard Marshall. Aww. So, so why he could be a possible suspect so Marshall had a ham radio, was a ham radio operator and a movie projectist. He lived in Riverside in 1966 and later in San Francisco near where Stein was murdered. Visitors to his home told police, had told police they found him really odd and, partic and really particular about how he liked his stuff being. And that he had talked about finding, quote unquote, something much more exciting than sex, unquote. Marshall liked old movies, including The, Road, the Red Phantom, which was mentioned in 1974 Zodiac letter. He did live in a basement, which the Zodiac also cited in one of his in one of his letters as well. He owned a typewriter and a teletype similar to those the Zodiac used. They both liked felt tip pens and odd sized paper. So why so basically every person who was just a little behind on the times, you know what I mean? This like, is every person that's a little odd. Yeah, just like any guy who has a hobby. Like this guy is just like, I like certain types of, I like good paper, I like good cardstock, you like the thick paper, I like good pens. He's like, I like film. I don't know why you guys are looking at me. Leave me alone. <laughs> well, and then him saying like, oh, I found something better than sex doesn't necessarily mean murder. It could mean a chocolate lot of cake. other weirder things. It could things. mean chocolate cake. Come on, we've had, we've well, all had it could mean a lot of weirder things. Or hey, you know, it's like I love my wife so much is better than sex just the time. You know, I don't know. Something but that sweeter. doesn't make him a, it doesn't make him a killer, let alone doesn't make him the zodiac killer. And it doesn't really like to me, it depends on the context, I guess you had the conversation, but I would have asked if someone was like just came up to me and was like, Hey, I found something better than sex. I'd be like, Well, what is it? Yeah, share the love. Tell us. We're curious. <laughs> also, like, I don't like what time frame was this guy saying these things? Because it could have been during a, very, a period of very heavy drug use. I don't think he was doing drugs, Jamie. I didn't see anywhere in my notes that he was like a drug addict. Oh, I'm not. That's like a wild speculation on my part. But I know like from the 50s on to like late 80s, early 90s, that was a period of heavy drug use for a lot of people. Yeah. Well, peace, love and dope, right? <laughs> exactly. So like maybe he was like, hey, LSD's better than sex. You never but know. That's wild speculation. On our parts, as usual. <laughs> um, so well, he did do an interview in 1989. Uh, Marshall did concede that there was a lot of similarities, but he denied being the Zodiac Killer. Um, Napa County Sheriff Detective Keen Lairo, who pursued the case for decades, had even said, and I'll quote him on it, quote, Marshall makes good reading, but not a very good suspect, in my estimation. Unquote. Marshall did die in a nursing home in 2008. But, you know, it, you just keep going into more detail and it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous to me how many people in general were suspected of being the Zodiac Killer and it's 90% of it's just for being different. 
was like, hey, this guy was kind of odd and he liked pens. You know who also probably liked pens? The Zodiac Killer. Well, that's exactly what it is. It's these guys like odd shaped paper. He's a definite suspect. Like that makes no sense whatsoever. It well, at some point during, well, at some point during the investigation, I'm sure they just were just throwing things at the wall to see what stuck. Well, yeah, and something of this magnitude investigation like this, it's something that you want to investigate every lead. Every time someone says, oh, this guy's odd, you want to investigate it because we want to figure out who this serial killer is. He's prolific. Exactly. But um, so let's move on to our very next suspect, Richard Gwaski. So one of the reasons why he was suspected, and I'll just go into a little more detail about who he is before I get into it. Um, Richard Gwaski was born in Watertown, Codington County, South Dakota, uh, March 14th, 1936. He was a newspaper journalist and a filmmaker. So he was originally brought to the attention of the Zodiac investigation by an informant. So this is one of the more interesting ones, Jamie. So hold on to your seat. Hold on. So this informant to protect his identity even by the code name, quote unquote, Gold Catcher. Having worked with Richard Growski in the Barrier newspaper, making about 10 hours of secret recordings for his former work colleague in the 1980s. Gold Catcher became convinced that he was a Zodiac killer. It appeared, according to Goldcatcher, that Richard Gwowski seemed to know too much about the killings. He was involved in the running of the nonconformist Good Times newspaper at the same time as the infamous Varia murders, which conducted business close to the residence of Paul Stein, and that again is the cab driver in San Francisco that passed that he murdered. So the main operation day of the Good Times newspaper when its staff was in heightened workload was the only day of the week that the Zodiac Killer failed to mail any any communication with authorities. So anybody that follows the Zodiac case knows that the Zodiac Killer loved talking to police. He loved baiting them. He sent them numerous ciphers, numerous letters. And the one day that they didn't get a letter from the Zodiac Killer was a really busy day at the newspaper, which is circumstantial. You know, I read a like I read an excerpt from the FBI profile of the Zodiac Killer, one of them anyways. And it was like, this guy's a narcissist. He thinks he's smarter than everyone else around him, and this is just his opportunity to prove it. Most likely he's a blue-collar worker who doesn't get any, you know, notice at work, who people like would every day look over him, nothing strange about him. And he's just trying to prove that he's smarter than everyone else. Yeah, and I can totally believe that. It's the way that he baited police definitely seems like he's trying to prove that he's super intelligent. Well, yeah, he's saying that I'm smarter than the police. I'm smarter than everyone in the entire nation. Mm-hmm. That's what the cipher was about is look at me, look at me, look how smart I am. Yeah, 100%. Um, so another real, another reason why he was a possible suspect is he had trained as a medic in the army, which I want to point out for two reasons. So reason one, the military style uh, wing walker boot impression found leading up to and from the crime scene of the Zodiac Killer's third attack in um, Lake Berryessa was a military boot and he was a military man. And it's often speculated by basically everybody that he was at one point had some type of military training or was involved at one point. And especially with the military style wing bit to, when wing tip boot. And also like in our area where this took place, there's what two military bases just smacked up in the middle yeah yeah three you count start counting coast guard and stuff well yeah so it's it's quite possible that he was a military man even during the time of the killing too 
that not a lot of people have really thought about. Like he could have been at Travis Air Force Base, which is maybe a 20 minute drive to Vallejo. Or like Benicia, you know, yeah. there's that um, Coast Guard outpost in Benicia and killings took place in Benicia. Yeah, or if you look at the one that uh, Beal, which is just right outside of Sacramento, what does it take 45 minutes to get to Lake Berryessa from Sacramento? Maybe 15? Um, I would say about an hour to be, yeah, about an hour to be safe, I would say. But yeah, you know, it's quite possible that he was in the military. And those wingtip boots, which is army standard boots. So the reason too, why I want to bring up that he was in the military is that after the brutal murder of the taxi driver, Paul Stein, the killer tore off a neat rectangular piece of the victim's shirt. And this is supposedly done by hand. So this was a really common practice in the medical personnel were taught in the field, especially during the, the war. So where bandages and tourniquets were a premium, this is something that only somebody in the military would know how to do and was trained how to do. So it's just another, in my way, proving that at least he was in the military and then to go a little further, Rachel Gowski was also in the military <laughs> and he was a combat medic. So he would have the knowledge on how to do this correctly. But why? Why would he be doing it on his victim? Um, he saved it as a memento, Jamie. And then he um, later on turned it into police's proof that he had murdered Paul Stein. Okay. So maybe he took it like just in the in the moment to remember it, or maybe it was just like habit from his time in the army or time in a military branch. We're not sure. Possibly, or maybe he was just doing it to give a little momentum to the police to prove that the Zodiac Killer is still alive and well, and that he was still killing, and he had to give it proof. Mm -hmm. So the Good Time Newspapers Collective, which is the new paper he worked at was located approximately about a mile and a half from the intersection where Mason and Gary Street, which is about where Paul Stein would have picked up the Zodiac Killer. And it was also really close to the intersection of Washington and Cherry Street, where Paul Stein's body was ultimately found. In years earlier, Donna and Last disappeared from the Sahara Tahoe Hotel on September 6, 1970, after finishing her nurse shift. A few months later, in June, she had moved to South Lake Tahoe from San Francisco, where she had previously been employed as a nurse in the Letterman General Hospital in Pedestal, near where the Paul Stein's original murder was. So, curiously, Rosa Vasquez was also employed at the uh, Letterman General Hospital at, as a key punch operator, though, not as a nurse. So, a key punch, by the way, for anybody that, like me wouldn't ultimately know what a key puncher is. It's just a device used for delivering punch holes to specific locations on a card base to carry information for relevant tasks. Um, this is apparent on two cards, possibly sent by the Zodiac Killer. So, and it was also speculated that Paul Kowalski had actually shown up to the very same funeral Paul Stein, the final confirmed victim of the Zodiac Killer. He also abbreviated his surname to Gak and Gaik, providing a source of the four letters found in the cipher mail to the San Francisco Chronicles on July 31st, 1969. Uh, but there was also an assertion of the letter Y. But that's also pretty suspicious. And then to think that he was somebody that worked in a low, uh, let's say a lower newspaper, it would make sense that he would possibly send him to the higher newspapers, all the information like he did to taunt the Zodiac Killer. That's what the Zodiac Killer did. So to me, it makes sense that somebody that was involved in newspapers as well, even a lower standing one, would reach out to other newspapers. 
See, to me, it's it's one of those things where it depends on the person. You know, he may think that there's no way the police is going to think that I'm dumb enough to send, you know, these ciphers to my own newspaper. Or maybe he's, okay, I have to send this to a different newspaper so the police don't realize that it's me. Yeah. So, uh, Richard Kowalski also, in my opinion, he really does closely resemble the sketch of the Zodiac Killer. In more ways than one, and upon hearing his voice in later years, uh, Nancy Slover, the police dispatcher who took the call from the murder at 12.45 a.m. on July 5th, 1969, which is approximately 40 minutes after the murder of Darlene Farron and attempted murder of Michael Mogg, said that it was the same exact voice that had spoken to her way back in 1968. Oh, that's always difficult because, you know, like the most unreliable evidence is, you know, eyewitness. Yeah, totally. Your memory is based off so many different things. Um, There's a bunch of studies being like, if you aren't in the same emotional state as the time of when the memory happened, your likelihood of remembering that thing exactly how it happened is like 60% less. It's insane. Yeah. And well, so she just said that even though it had been many years, she eventually did hear the recording. Although many years had passed until she eventually heard the recording of Richard Gwaski's voice, she had stated she had good reason not to forget it, with the Zodiac's voice indelibly etched in her brain. However, despite several more interesting connections, nothing concrete ties Richard Gwaski to any of the Bay Area murders. So Michael Betterfield is one of the foremost Zodiac experts. He had been an advisor for the 2007 movie Zodiac, yet question any link to Richard Kowalski and the Zodiacs. And with the lack of credibility of the quote-unquote gold catcher as a reliable source, despite having gained high-profile advocates such as Ton Voigt for the highly successful website ZodiacKiller.com, which by the way is where I got a ton of information from. And I would highly recommend going. I just don't like that, like, I think he did it because he knows so much. He's writing a newspaper, of course he knows about it. I agree. So despite the suspects to Kennedy put forward off the back of the ever vague leaves, the San Francisco Police Department had ruled Richard Gwowski out as a Zodiac murderer. Despite claims of failure to pursue evidence lines and to warrant some of the conspiracies, uh, Michael Beaufort stresses even when a suspect is ruled out either by DNA or fingerprints, the Zodiac theorists failed to be convinced. Kennedy tests were never con- conducted, or they attempt to create even more uncritical theories to kind of forces evidence to come back. So several years ago, Bode Technologies in Lorton, Virginia had performed touch DNA tests on letters sent by the, the Richard Kwaski. When results were submitted, they were produced two, two DNA, not just one, which I guess we can kind of assume the other one is his wife, who's a female and a male. So they're assuming that she had handed the letter as well. Or the person who made the letters in the factory. True, true. Um, further tests were underca- undertaken on a sealed part of the envelope um, area protected by the extrinsic handling, and it did produce a partial male DNA profile. So in 2002, the San Francisco Police Department extracted a partial DNA profile from a letter mailed to the San Francisco Chronicles. They did believe at the time that it was the Zodiac Killers. Although recently the validity of these DNA tests have been heavily criticized and deemed basically false. Um, Mystery Quest Productions requested the DNA profile from the police compo- from police 
for comparison, but they refused, and I really don't know why. And as a result, the Mystery Quest sent their findings to police in the hopes they would check for any matches either to incriminate or eliminate Richard Gwowski from their long-time running investigation. Mystery Quest also sent their findings to the Napa County Sheriff's Office so they could rule it in or out. Any connection to the Lake Berrios attack when compared to DNA possibly lifted from the bindings used to restrain victims of Brian Hartnell and Cecilia Shepard on September 27, 1969. So to go ahead and just rule him out right now, Goldcatcher was a known conspiracy theorist. Oh, great. <laughs> with little credibility described by the San Francisco police inspectors as quote unquote, one of three top Zodiac kooks, unquote. Oh, oh nice. That's when the list our, I want to yeah. see. I want to see the Zodiac kooks list. Oh my gosh. I would die to get that list. Um, I am when Narlo furiously. So when Narlo, the uh, Napa detective had interviewed Gowoski, the journalist did claim that he was in and out of the country at the time of 1968 murders of Lake Rim Road, but he had lost his passport. Uh, San Francisco and Apple Police denied requests to compare DNA samples from Gowoski and the Zodiac, and he died in 2004, but they have to have a reason to deny that. I, you know, and it just kind of seems like the quote-unquote gold catcher conspiracy theorist is not a credible, is, he's not credible at all. All right, so our next our next possible Zodiac murder suspect would be Earl Van Best Jr. So he's a possible suspect, and by the way, look at this, Jamie. What do you think of this one? Before I even say anything, look at him. I think the glasses are off. Okay, but glasses okay. are changeable. Look at his lips. Look his at his ears. Are ears. Off. His ears are off. I don't know. I see the tips being the same, the lobes being around the same. They look similar to me. Mm, I don't know. Like... I see a lot of similarities, you know, look at the nose, look at the lips, mm-hmm. but like the distance between the nose and the lips are, is like a lot longer on the actual photo compared to the play sketch. But yeah. also like, he does kind of look like he's like perched his lip a little bit in both of them, which is kind of interesting, but his ears the are kind of different and the hairline is really different. Yeah, but I wouldn't take a good spot, a composite sketches word. I think it looks close enough that it's possible, right? Fair, it, every guy with glasses is good with similar glasses is going to look like that. You know what I mean? I'd like to see without glasses. So to go further. So you're the person that tried to convince me that this was a possible suspect, Jamie. This is none other than the guy that in 2014, the book, The Most Dangerous Animal of All, Gary Stewart made a case that his biological father, Earl Van Best Jr. was the Zodiac. I stand by it. He is a possible suspect, but he's like, I don't know. So Stewart had claimed that the best resemblance to the composite sketch of the Zodiac lived in California at the time of the killing, was interested in ciphers, knew a knew a Satanist and a Manson family member and like Gilbert and Sullivan. Um, he best also served part-time in prison for statutory rape of Stewart's mother and may have held a grudge against him school Chronicle reporter Paul Avery, who wrote a series of, of articles about the couple. So Stewart claimed to have found Best's initial in the Zodiac cipher, and a document examiner said the handwriting of Best's marriage certificate matched the Zodiac's. Although their fingerprints didn't match, a mark that could have been a scar was visible in Best and then found in Stein's cab. So despite the vast publicity of the Stewart's book that it was received, experts quickly dismissed, like I would say, over 50% of these claims. So the method he used to crack the cipher was questionable. (laughs) 
And the fingerprint mark was similar to the Zodiac's only if you reversed it and the handwriting on the marriage kit wasn't even him. It was actually the minister's handwriting, not Bess. And as of Bess resemblance to the composite sketch, Butterfield, who is one of the top Zodiac experts, had claimed that, you know, a crew cut and a horn room glasses were heavily unique in 2016. And that was sarcastic. That's what I'm saying. Like, put a glasses on a guy who's kind of thin. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you, Jamie. And that's why I was just... I have that exact pair of glasses. I have that exact pair of glasses. And I'm pretty sure DNA evidence also proved that he wasn't the Zodiac killer. Yeah. And, you know, once you get into DNA, that's when I really start losing hope in a lot of these suspects. Well, yeah, um, several of them, you know, I take... I take a little stock in the fingerprints, not you know, not necessarily in Paul Stein's cab because he was a cab driver, but in the other ones for sure. They're I don't know. To me, it just kind of seems a little. I don't know. If you found your, if you found your fingerprints in the cab, like to me, at least we know that you knew the guy. That's suspicious. At some point, you were in the same cab as some guy who got murdered. Like that's a good jumping off point for sure. Yeah. No, I can definitely agree with you on that one. But let's move on. So my seventh suspect in the Zodiac Killer, there you go, Jamie, thank you, is Jack Terrence. So um, he's a possible suspect, and I'll go and read a little details. Um, Dennis Kaufman also received extensive publicity claiming that his late father, Jack Terrence, was the Zodiac. So Kaufman said Terrence was a dead ringer for the composite sketch and claimed to have a stash of incriminating evidence. You know, it makes me wonder how many of these guys were like, your dad is just a murderer. He's not the famous murderer. He's just an average murderer. Possibly. Well, so this this evidence included a film depicting possible victims and a bizarre hooded costume like the one the Zodiac wore during the Lake Barrios stabbing. Um, on 2007 Discovery Channel documentary, a document examining said Terrence's handwriting matched the Zodiac's. So that's something, right? But I don't think he looks like the Zodiac's killer to me. Um, I'm not saying that this is like the best comparison sketch, but he doesn't look like the Zodiac. He looks well. I don't. I want to say this is like they have really, in the past few years, looked at a lot of stuff that we thought was solid, solid scientific proof, and like fiber. Fibers mean almost nothing in like in actual scientific processes. But like same with like you know handwriting. Like that's it's not as an exact science as people think it is. Yeah, no, and I agree. Um, so I'm going to rule him out because uh, law enforcement officials dismissed Kaufman's evidence as nonsense. Um, one photo showed a blob of a color he claimed was the Black Dahlia's victim, Elizabeth Short. Um, the hooded costume Kaufman produced was much cruder than what the victims described. And researchers also challenged the document's examiner's credibility. Um, she also believed that Terrence had also written the Joe Brent Ramsey's ransom note. So, you know, that seems a little odd too, right? And he died in 2006, by the way. It sounded like he just wanted his dad to be responsible for every murder that was famous ever. Yeah, well, that's um, no, that's the handwriting. The handwriting specialist said that he, Terrence's handwriting also matched the handwriting of Joe B. Ramsey's ransom note. Which, why would you? My very, very last suspect is Don Lee Buick. So he's suspected because a hooded man who stabbed the couple in Lake Berryessa had said that he had escaped from prison in Montana. And according to Brian Hartnell, who survived the attack, researcher Kevin Robert Brooks developed a lengthy circumstantial case implementing Donald Lee Burke. 
who was released in 1968 from Montana's Deer Lodge Penitentiary after serving 11 years of a life sentence for killing a sheriff's deputy. So according to Brooks, fellow inmates said Book had taken a, talked about killing people and making them slaves in the afterlife, also mentioned in the Zodiac letters. Brooks claimed that the Halloween card center reporter Paul Avery had depicted harsh conditions at the prison and that Boo on the inside referenced Bullock's name. Bullock had also discharged from the army for mental health reasons. Um, Brooks allegedly that the markings on some of the Zodiac envelopes spelled out Zodiac is a veteran with 4F. Brooke also speculated that Zodiac's signature cross-circle symbol was inspired by the helicopter landing pad at Fort Worth, California, where he had been stationed. Um, so you can rule him out only because Brooke's fingerprints did not match those to believe the Zodiacs. Oh my um, gosh. A park ranger, I know. A I heard all ranger, that and I'm like, this guy did this, this guy 100% did this. I said the same thing and then I'm like, oh, fingerprints. Um, so his fingerprints didn't match and a park ranger at Lake Basic claimed Hartnell said the prison was in Colorado, not actually Montana, which is something I didn't know. Um, he was released just three days before the Zodiac Killer at Lake Herman Road. Um, some ranchers think he would have had a lot of difficulty traveling and I don't blame him. Could you believe a convicted inmate traveled across country? I don't. Well, yeah, with just money alone, where is he getting the money to travel under such short notice in only three days? Right, after prison, exactly. And then he was also incarcerated during the Bates murder and other early killings that may have been the Zodiac. He actually died in 1993. But that's my complete suspect list of the Zodiac killing. Okay, well, it's semi-complete because we didn't talk about Ted Cruz. But I don't want to talk about Ted Cruz. It's ridiculous, guys. Anybody that thinks that Ted Cruz is a Zodiac, you're all ridiculous. Team it's nothing Ted more Cruz. than funny. Team <laughs> Ted Cruz. It's nothing more than funny, okay? It's, he's definitely not the Zodiac killer, okay? I can promise you.